Hello and welcome back to the Flail Stalls podcast. Today I am joined by Casper uh, and by Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hi, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. What about you, Casper? Yeah, I'm doing good. Okay, uh, I'm Joe as always, and today we'll be going through the Wood Elves army list. Now, as always, we'll be starting out with the regiments, then moving on to uh, war, war, potential war machines and monsters. In this case, there aren't any war machines for the uh, Wood Elves. But then we'll do characters, and then finally, uh, well, then we'll do special characters, and then finally we'll give the army a rating of one to three in tiers. Uh, and also a few details on the um, advantages and disadvantages of the army list. So are you guys ready? Yep. Sure. All right. Well, first off in regiments, we have the chariots. Uh, would you like to start with these ones, Casper? Yeah. The interesting part to note is that the chariot is uh, in regiments and not in war machines, meaning that you can actually build an entire chariot army if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that can be a potent uh, strategy. Um, but the chariots are a little hard to to fill in the Wood Elf army because it they don't really fit the the role of a sit back and uh, have a gun line shooting, which uh, is the normal strategy. Um, but you can go with another strategy that just hits hard with a lot of chariots, uh, and they. They have uh, additional steeds and crew and uh, a lot of movement, so they're not uh, that easy to deal with um, for range fire. Yeah, and it uh, could come in handy perhaps with the um, what was the uh, battle magic gray spells that we talked about in the uh, colleges of magic podcast with the uh, various teleport spells. Yeah, but I think with a range of a uh, of eighteen charge range, uh, they are gonna connect if you bring a lot of them, at least yeah. most of them. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What are your thoughts on the chariots, Dave? Oh, I saw actually one of my favorite um, units. The chariot has a, a bit of an interesting history, actually, to it. I'm not sure if that's of interest at all. Um, cool. Yeah, so uh, it's it was very famously in third edition. There, there was the introduction of the Wood Elf Chariot. It was an absolutely gorgeous model, um, fully metal, giant monstrosity. But when um, the fourth edition book there came out, there was no model for it. Um, so uh, I've actually written a little bit about this uh, in my in a post for the Old World Army Challenge blog. Um, you probably look that up, uh, describing how the Games Workshop eventually came out with a model for this, a little actually late for the era we're talking about, 4th, 5th edition. I think it was actually in 2000, they were finally offering a, a model for this chariot, uh, which was just kit bash from a whole bunch of things. It was described in uh, Citadel Journal number 42. Um, I, I really like the chariot. Uh, I think it's a very flexible uh, regimen um, because you can add... Uh, extra horse, extra, extra steeds, which I would probably always do. Scythes, put all sorts of crew uh, equipment on it. You can put a character on it. Um, I think I agree that there's a there's a disadvantage in that 
contrary to the typical image of the Wood Elf Army as this stand back and shoot arm, uh, army, it, you know, it's going to get up and clo close and in people's faces. Uh, it also loses the benefit, if I recall, of not being able to go through the woods uh, without penalty. That said, um, the, the classic Wood Elf strategy for me, and I've been following these since the 90s, is the kind of hammer tactic where you avoid and pull back and draw back from uh, the enemy's uh, bulk of their force. But if they they do want to charge in, that you want one unit that can absolutely receive the charge and another unit ready to charge in on a flank and smash them when they get stuck in. And I think the chariot's excellent for that. It, the impact hits alone make it one of the uh, kind of big first turn killers in, in close in, in combat, uh, which would else have a, a few that can do that, but I think the chariot does it cheaply, uh, relatively cheaply. Yeah, I can kind of do that shocking charge. Um, I, I really like the chariot. I do agree. I like chariots as well in my armies. Uh, I do see some units in the roster uh, being able to get more damage in compared to the cost. In this particular case, the uh, the wood elf archers but if you are going for a, a rush build or a hammer anvil you definitely uh, like to see some chariots uh, especially since they don't cost uh, war machine points and just regiment points instead right and that actually opens up an opportunity for them because um there's the warhammer 5th edition uh, which is normally when when people are playing the wood elf book they're thinking of fifth edition even though technically it was released at the very end of fourth edition yeah. but the fifth edition rules have uh rules for squadrons of chariots i've never done it uh i've never had more than the one chariot in my collection but um i actually was kind of curious what you guys thought of that because it's a very seldom used rule to can have regiments multiple regiments of multiple chariots um, obviously, it's kind of a big target for people to put down a lot of punch punishment. But at the end of the day, like three three chariots is, um, you know, with a few upgrades, you can get them up to just under 100 points. So three chariots would just be 300 points. You know, it's not much more expensive than a heavy cavalry regiment and potentially much more devastating. I, I actually wonder what you thought of that, uh, if you've ever seen it or considered taking uh, the chariots squadron, which is really... a only really possible with wood elves, right? Because they're chariots or regiments. They're, it's hard to do with war machine chariots. Yeah, you can do that uh, with any army. It doesn't have to be regiments. Uh, you can you can feel the war machines in the batteries uh, as well. Um, True. But um, I think the reason that, that you don't see it is because they're, they're so much uh, better on their own. If you start putting them in a, in a unit, they, are no, they have to wheel and... Uh, and that uh, really takes a lot of their power away from them. Well, they don't have to be in uh, uh, close contact with each other. They have to be within five inches of each other. It's, but it's still a downside because you're, restrict you're putting restrictions on your chariots where you might as well just include them one by one. Um, okay. And yeah. also, the, just uh, one, uh, one thing can uh, lock all of them down. Um, uh, a hero on a Pegasus can kill all three of them, probably uh, when if charging them. Um, and uh, there's no, there's really no benefit for it. If you include a, a magic standard, it still only affects uh, that one chariot that has it, and not the the others. Uh, common commonly mistake by many that thinks that the the banner is a uh, affects the whole uh, unit, but it doesn't in terms of chariots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, um, well, I think um, that about wraps up the uh, chariots. So let's move on to the next unit. Yeah. Um, and this is the Blade uh, Riders. Uh, 27 points model. I mean, they do have quite a lot of uh, options, but eventually they start becoming quite expensive. Um, and then you would need to uh, uh, put a character with them, uh, to, you know, to make them earn their points back. Uh, mm. I really like the models for the Glade Riders. Agreed, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've tried time and time again to build some kind of efficient unit with them, but they just seem to be way too over cost uh, for what they can do. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, would you like to start, uh, go next on this one, Dave? Oh sure, okay. So um, uh, I guess I, I I guess I I know what Casper is going to say. Um, I think uh, <laughs> there is a use for them. Uh, I don't think they'll ever win the efficiency argument, um, but they have a couple of things that make them fun to play and potentially useful. It's very contingent, so mm -hmm. take that for what it's worth. Um, okay. I I love their feigned flight rule. I think that's really an often overlooked thing that allows them to basically get repetitive charges round after round. And if you're going to go that route, I would take them with full armor, get them down to, I think, a three plus save with lances. Super expensive, not necessarily the most competitive choice. But if you pull it off, you can literally get round after round after round of charging the same unit until they break. Um, there is a, a typo in the book, I believe, which says that they cannot skirmish if they are if they don't have bows that's not true that was uh, errated so they I believe they can skirmish re regardless of okay uh, yeah what was it no oh, or can, they, they can't go through the woods without penalty or something like that that's what it was um so so the lance glade riders can go through the, through the woods without penalty that's what that's what the rule was um that's a typo in the book uh, but oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a Glade Riders in skirmish formation may move. Yeah, so they don't have to be in. That's that's what it is. Yeah. They don't have to be in skirmish formation to 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 avoid the wood oh, penalty. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I I concede, and I'll I'd love to hear what Casper has to say about it. But um, there is a is a use for them as maybe like if you go if you happen to go with uh, just a normal general on horse, uh, you can make kind of a pseudo medium to heavy cavalry unit out of it that has some tricks up its sleeve. Uh, I the archers is a harder take them as archers is, is a harder sell in my opinion because at whatever it is thirty five points or something they're not going to get their points back shooting a bow one one bow a turn. But um, there might be a use for that too. I, I would love to to hear what you guys come up with. Okay. Well, you're next, yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, after I spoke with uh, with Jürgen about uh, what he thought about uh, these, um, it made me look at them a little a little uh, more optimistically. Um, mm. I can see the use that he argued for, uh, where they protect uh, your black gem bearer, uh, a champion with a black gem. And you give them a war banner, um, so they can actually uh, do a, a little bit of fighting that way. Um, but as most uh, most armies I have built, um, I rather have uh, instead of uh, including the black gem, I rather have uh, a heart of all on a on a, a hawk nuker. 
Um, mm -hmm. And of course, if if there's uh, points for both, it could be pretty pretty good. But I would never include more than uh, uh, four or five of these guys. Four, if there's uh, also is a champion with them, um, because as uh, Dave also mentioned, they have a hard time earning their worth. Um, but they are fast and uh, they are annoying and uh, hard to deal with for the enemy. So I, I do see some some use for them, but mostly mostly I don't think I would I would use them. Um, simply because they are very expensive and uh, if they get caught they they actually give up a, quite a lot of uh, points for for the enemy um yeah yeah so that's that's my view of of, of them um mm -hmm. i don't include them okay. myself very often Uh, okay, yeah, there will have to be some some uh, list I haven't seen yet. Then if you include them so far, but uh, I have tried to use them. I'm not sure how it's going to work, but I'm looking forward to, to trying them out at least. But not something I would consider standard pick in the uh, Wood Elf Army. And one thing also to add, I don't think the feign flight option is that strong. It's very very nice to be able to uh, to charge again. Um, but they only have one attack with weapon skill four, and then it's a with the lance, it's strength five. So it's not a lot of damage that they can can deal with the with that tactic, and that tactic still won't yeah. uh, make them uh, earn their worth in most battles. I think it's a very I, I would say it's very conditional. Charging the flank of a, a one one rank cavalry unit, for instance, will get you four attacks on on one. Which probably won't even counter, but that's about like the, their ideal situation. Yeah, it's it's very very conditional when that would be super useful. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the uh, next unit, and this is the Warhawk Riders at thirty points per model. Would you like to start with this one? Yeah. Um, always when looking at the units that can fly. Uh, you should all, always consider them as a, being a, a strong unit. Um, in this case, I don't think it's a, they are um, because they are very, very weak. So uh, even though that they are very hard to, to catch, if you are playing a, an opponent uh, that has a damaging spell or has ranged uh, units, then these are, are just very susceptible to that and have to steer out of the range of, of that uh, because they are very weak with toughness five and very little save. Um, they can get down to a four plus save and they are skirmish, but they they cost a lot. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, they are, uh, but have, being able to fly is, uh, is, is very, very strong. But I just think that they are too expensive. I suppose I have been looking at these uh, a little bit. I mean, they are quite expensive, but they do have the ability to fly, um, as you've mentioned yourself. So basically what you have here is is a little weaker, like sort of like light cavalry, just with 24-inch movement and ability to fly high. Um, you can also uh, have this escort a champion with, uh, with the Heart of Woe. 
because they won't be get uh, get to be in uh, base contact always since they're skirmish. Well, it's it's a little difficult trying to find use for these as well. It's the same thing with the, the Glade Riders, they're a little bit expensive. So I'm I'm sort of on the verge with these ones as well, whether I want to use them. I have tried to make armies with them so far, but I have yet to test it. What about you, Dave? Yeah, so the criticisms of the Glade Rider are even more true of the Warhawk Riders. They're even more expensive. They're, they're even more vulnerable, right? Uh, which Casper spoke to with the enemy shooting. Even a unit of five harpies is going to, which is half the cost of the base Warhawk Rider, is going to cause them a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. The uses, so, so thinking about the uses, one, first of all, it's, they're gorgeous models. They're, they look great, great backstory to them. Um, they can be uh, useful as a bodyguard potentially if you take, uh, we'll get to him later on, but uh, Thalandor, who is a, a general option for the Wood Elves and he's on a, a flying mount um, or any any sort of uh, character on a flying monster, they can technically, they, the monster riding character can join them uh, if you have uh, something cheaper, like uh, a champion on a Warhawk who's carrying something like a um, uh, Black Gem or something like that, they can yeah. add, be a, a very expensive bodyguard. Um, I the the question is like, can they take out, for instance, a War Machine crew, five of them with bows or five of them with spears? They can't take lances. Uh, I think it'd almost be a straight up fight with a war machine crew, and that's not doesn't doesn't really bode well for them. Um, on the other hand, yeah, so I would think of them mostly in terms of of kind of a flying bodyguard, perhaps a little too expensive to capture a table quarter in my in my view. Yeah, yeah, I think we uh, all agreed there. They are a little bit more expensive, therefore a little bit more vulnerable, so they are less likely to see play. But it is a very interesting uh, unit, um, and I would love to see it played sometime, uh, at some point. A, a note about them, um, they, they actually do count as flying cavalry. Uh, so there are spells that affect cavalry, um, and, and that, you have to, that you have to take that into consideration. And it also gives them, of course, their, their six plus save. Um, they, other units that can fly are not flying cavalry. It has to the the rule in the book, I believe, is that the rider and the and the mount have to have kind of separate stat lines for it to count as a, as cavalry. And that way, things like bull centaurs are not cavalry. So um, that yeah. may be part of the consideration going into choosing or not choosing a unit. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next unit, and this is the war dancers. They're a twenty points model. Uh, war dancers, I have used uh, quite a few times usually in in small units i have tried once to make a, a big fighting unit but it didn't really seem to make sense uh, they are a, a, a great delaying unit and it also gives you access to the war dancer champion now the reason why the war dancer champion is is interesting because he has a ballistic skill of six so he's a great character to put your hail of doom arrow on simply because he'll be uh, have a lot easier time shooting it uh, and you won't use, have to use a slot on your general for example for the hail of doom arrow so that, that's uh, one of the things i like about this unit um what about you dave uh so i actually don't think the war tester champion can take uh the hail of doom because you need to take a bow and the rules are 
this it says on the uh, oh. magic card for the Hail of Doom arrow is that a bow is included. Oh, it's included. Okay, so all right, uh, I didn't realize that. Sorry, um, that actually might be a difference then, because I seem to remember the fourth edition card doesn't say that. But I'll. It I'll says that on the up. card and not in the magic book. Book. Oh, is that it? Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I love four dancers. I think, as you brought out, I think they're excellent in units of five. Um, this Wood Elf Army book was great in fifth edition, in my opinion, but we'll get to the final view. But it was really, is better even in fourth. And the reason for that is because, as we'll see also with the archers coming up, uh, a five-man unit is, is only worth a single victory point. And I'm big on keeping those, keeping very close attention to your victory point. Uh, value of your units. Um, so a five-man five unit is a great anvil. If you're thinking about that hammer anvil strategy, uh, they just do shadows coil. If they're charged, they soak up the charge. They don't take any attacks on them for that first round. And then you hammer home a charge on the flank with some something else, you know, charging out of a woods that wouldn't have even been seen from the, that angle. Um, they, as uh, I would also really strongly consider the champion, he's only 12. Nor, um, there's an argument normally that champions should only be taken when there's like a specific role for them. They have a magic item that they're going to use or something like that. Uh, Word Dancer yeah. champions only 12 points more than the standard Wood Elf champion, and he gets all of the the uh, dances. You do have yeah. to uh, buy an additional hand weapon for him, which, by the way, is not listed in the book what that might cost. It was later eroded to be one point if you <laughs> if that's all always best yeah. to you. Yeah. There, that was covered eventually in White Dwarf. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that the, they have, should we go over, should we actually go in de into detail about the, the, the dances that they have? If, if you have any, any um, particular points about them, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, obviously there's uh, additional attacks, which are always useful. They already have two, it brings up to three a model. That's a flurry of attacks that's going to cause trouble for an expensive low toughness unit like an elf unit, right? High elves, dark yeah. elves, other wood elves. Um, they're li a little bit limited in the same criticism that can be made on uh, which which elves. Um, Shadow's Coil is imminently useful, of course, for, for just making a, a combat round just not count for anything. Um, those are I kind of I kind of dance between those. There's also the one that lets you target uh, a single model. Um, yeah, can be useful. The uh, Storm of Blades. Yeah. yeah. And I um, I don't even what was the, what was the, the other one? I don't think I use much. It's it's basically you force the enemy to take a oh. fear test essentially. Yeah. Um, they just if they fail the test the leadership test they have they require sixes to hit. Yeah, I, I almost shall see the reason Shadow's Coil kind of outweighs that. If you want to keep them alive, Shadow's Coil is a better option. But if you're doing that round after round, that's a consideration for, for that. Exactly, since you can't do the same one right. and, yes. um, turn afterwards. So you could do the Woven Mist next turn. Hopefully, they would, they would hold another turn. But yeah, if you got lucky. so five, five man units of War Dancers are just brilliant. They're, they're one of the most useful, flexible units in the, in the game, in the book for me. But that's definitely one of the uses that um, I believe it was uh, was it Casper? I believe Casper started using it first, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Hail of Doom Arrow. Um, it definitely seems like uh, an actual purpose for this uh, this particular yeah. uh, champion, simply because the um, um, yeah you you don't need the uh, black gem 
uh, on this particular tariff, you just need the Halo 2 merit simply because it's going to be so much more effective. Right, and it's, um, yeah, it's, and it hits on what, like a one plus at short range? Um, so uh, yeah. two yeah. plus at long range. Um, and that's a lot cheaper than getting a hero just to do it, right? 100 points versus 60, that's, you know, before the magic item. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, yeah, exactly. great deal. Yeah. And if you're going to include war dances anyway, you might as well have it. Um, it can do quite, quite do some damage. You can also fail miserably, as uh, we experienced in one of a few of our games. And they have a dispel four plus on the unit, so a magic anti magic dispel is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, Casper, uh, your thoughts on the yeah, uh, they have insanely, insanely good. Um, I wouldn't go over the top by including a lot of them, but a five man, a four man with a with a champion usually is my choice and just the one regiment um because really the the point of these is to tie up uh, a very very uh, strong enemy uh by doing that dance they that no one causes uh, damage in a round um and uh, of course they might die the next round but uh, they can do the the blade dance or what is it called where they all hit the same uh, character so they might take out a champion on the way in the second round or something like that or weak uh, so, uh, sorcerer or yeah. something like that uh, they can actually do that but yeah. uh, the main purpose is for them is to tie up some very dangerous uh, foe uh, enabling you to move away from from that foe or uh, positioning yourself to uh, counter charge it um and no, uh, no one will uh, won't try to play around these. They will, uh, they will really, uh, they give a lot of map control. There's no uh, saying uh, chaos knights that will that will move uh, close to these uh, unless they have no other options, um, because it just takes too too long to to fend them off, and they. They can they're immune to psychology, so they they won't be uh, routed by by uh, range fire, and they are very hard to kill with magic. So a very very good unit, and you should always uh, get that uh, champion with the with the hail of doom arrow. That's just an uh, auto include in my book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next unit in the regiments, and this is the archers. This is probably one of the most important units in the Wood Elf roster, simply because you have the uh, Wood Elf bows that have range of 36 inches instead of 30 inches, and they have an an armor save modifier of minus one, making them quite uh, potent uh, to to deal damage, essentially. and making them more efficient, perhaps even than the um, the crossbows. Uh, so this is a great, great unit, um, and it's fairly cheap as well. And well, not not cheap compared to um, other races, but cheap compared to uh, to elves. Um, you don't really need standards with them, uh, even though they have the option. But uh, most of the time, you probably include nine or ten of these in a long line, and then a bunch of those groups as well. And that's your firing line. Makes a pretty uh, strong wood elf army without any uh, big uh, investments in, uh, in in larger models. And um, what are your thoughts on the uh, archers? Yeah, uh, 
I think these are the, the backbone of the, the Wardolf army. They are insanely good for their price. Um, and that, that uh, bow is just so good. This is, uh, this is the best uh, ranged unit in the game for, for its price. Um, closely contested by the Agile Scouts, but uh, they are the only one that come, come even close to contesting this unit's power, I think. Um, and this unit is usually how I make my Woodolf army as a gun line and lots of archers. And then I have a few of the other units uh, to fulfill spe specific roles. Um, but I usually have uh, three units in the middle of the map and uh, one or two units of these on the sides. Um, and usually about nine is uh, what I like. Uh, Nine is good because uh, that's just the break point where you, they have to lose uh, three models to, to range fire or a spell to take a panic test instead of two. Um, and you have the next break point is uh, 13 models. Um, and of course, if you, uh, if you play by uh, the normal uh, victory points, um, not the victory point, the VP 100 system, as uh, we tend to like, but uh, if you play with with the normal, then uh, nine of these come at uh, 99 points, which is very abusive and annoying for the normal victory point system. Um, and that's also an argument for having nine of them. Um, and I think uh, the magic banner option is also uh, sometimes uh, usable for these just to to get uh, that banner of sorcery to so you have more cards to defend yourself with um or even if you are building a counter army you could uh, also easily get access to banner of wrath uh, if you're lacking a little bit of uh, extra armor piercing but but these arrows actually they kill knights if you have enough arrows anyways uh, so maybe it's not needed but uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, Dave, um, it's matches? it's hard not to sell these guys. They're great. Um, I, I'll make. I think Casper made the case for including a unit of nine of them. Again, that's especially in fourth edition when uh, you had to be a hundred points or less to be worth one VP. And if you're a hundred one points, you'd be worth two two VP. Um, in fifth edition, they changed that so they, to encourage larger units. So I'll try to make the case for the larger unit size archer as well. Um, a grouping mm -hmm. of 18 or up to 18, doesn't have to be 18, but up to 18 uh, is worth just under 200 points. So it's only worth uh, two victory points. Um, it can be put on a hill and you get to get all 18 shots all at once. That's the rule in, of course, in fifth edition, um, which can be devastating at 36 inches. Um, I think their best use is against regular infantry models with one wound, three toughness, and a five-plus save, they decimate those kinds of units. I've played archers for decades now, and the, they still have trouble with heavy cavalry. I, I, you can pepper them with 50, 60 arrows a turn, and you'll, you will get casualties, but um, it, it's uh, their use kind of diminishes. And there's other things to be done with heavy cavalry, of course. The other argument for the larger unit uh, which will come a little bit later on this discussion, hopefully, is Othu the Owl. 
um, which who really benefits large units of archers. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're they're excellent. Uh, they're now if they also the large units will have a small foot space right because if you have double uh, twice as many units and they're half the size of that uh, you're going to take a large foot space of the uh, the table up and as wood elves uh we, first of all we get one free woods on the table and woods are the most commonly rolled uh train on the table so generally if you have yeah. four or five rolls per, or three or four rolls per player you're going to have at least three woods on the table a larger foot space is, is going to be working against that, right? Because there are only going to be a few uh, kind of um, avenues to shoot down. Um, so there's an argument for the the larger side, side units as well. And potentially, potentially, they can stand up to a charge. They'll have two ranks. They'll have six models on the front. Potentially, they can fight off maybe some harpies or something. Um, unlikely, but they could. Yeah. That's not... Uh unlikely okay. uh, usually uh elves uh elf archers fight off uh harpies pretty well because uh, mm. the harpies are on bigger bases so you get a little bit more of attacks uh so usually the harpies just barely beat the elf archers um mm. if you give them an, a standard or as you said uh, an a rank then it's uh, gonna be a trouble for the for the harpies uh they might not perform. True. Yeah, stand, a standard is a, yeah, that's a good point. So then you would be down to 17 models to get under the 2VP. But um, of course, but yeah. the standard does uh, give uh, victory points um, as well. Right, right, that's true. So you're kind of putting eggs in a, in a basket a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, maybe you'd go with, uh, if you went with the 18 models, then you'd go with 17 instead mm -hmm. and just have one be a standard pair. And they can't, they like can have a magic to, standard. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious, what kind, what would you give them? Uh, maybe Scarecrow standard, then you wouldn't have to worry about harpies, but, uh, or Banner of Wrath or something, I'm not sure uh, yeah. what you would Banner give of Sorcery or Banner of Wrath would be my yeah. picks for the Wood Elf army. Uh, yeah, Banner Wrath, I suppose it's it's good once they get closer, but of course it won't be right. usable in the first couple of... Right, uh, right. Why? One or two it, it has a range of 24. Range. Oh, is it 12 or 24? Well, it'll be, okay, it'll be moved. If it if you have the first turn, then you won't be able to use it. Yeah, that's true. Deploy straight up forward. Um, but... Still an interesting choice, um, and uh, definitely if you have a, you have the option of a hill, it's it's a great choice mm -hmm. to have a. Unit yeah, the, the the downside is if you took a hill, you probably line. didn't take a, a forest, right? Because I believe the number seven role is a hill or forest. So the forests are so great yeah, on yeah, the table exactly. for wood elves, and so you have to sacrifice a little there too. It's just something to yeah. think about. Um, yeah. So definitely something you will always want to consider for every mm -hmm. single army you make for Wood Elves. But let's move on. Next, we have the Glaive Guards at nine points model. Um, these can also have magic standards. Uh, they can have light shields, uh, light armor and shields. Now, this is a, just a regular spear unit of Elves, so it's, it's quite expensive for a spear unit. You can have magic banners, but I have yet to find any time I would want to include a unit of, of Glaive Guards. Um, I think uh, if you wanted a unit to push up the center to deny table ed edges, um, you'd probably use a tree man instead. 
Um, what are your thoughts on the Glaive Guard? Uh, sure. Um, they're, so I'll just preface this with that they're kind of hard to defend. Um, they're ob objectively, just looking at their, the paper, they're a bad unit. They're too expensive. They're too fragile. They will not win combat mm. against most enemies. They won't win combat against uh, bulks of regular human infantry. They won't win uh, combat against elite enemies. Um, that said, I love the yeah. models and I always take them. This is actually my favorite. And people are probably groaning and, and rolling their eyes. But this is literally <laughs> the model that got me into Warhammer. And I love to see the forest of spears sticking okay. up into the air. And it just looks like such... Like they have these telephone pole thick spears and just looks like such a cool unit. Um, I, so I do take them and I, I do actually feel them. Um, what I can tell you about if you, if you are okay. like me, you have other reasons why you want to take them. Um, I would uh, consider them as uh, a bodyguard potentially for a general. I actually, um, uh, you could, you, if you have a general on a steed, I know the model is a steed general. Uh, you, he can join the rank and file unit. Um, and he, they can act as sort of uh, protection for him in some ways, uh, potentially a downside if they if they end up running from combat, um, they they could cause cause him to be run down. But uh, there are, I would take them with banners. I would consider taking them with uh, armor and sh shield and light armor only if you expect them to be shot at. Statistically. Uh, glade guards will always lose against uh, an opposing unit of glade guards. Uh, the one, the, the side that decides to take armor is going to lose statistically. However, that's considering you're just stuck in melee all right. the time, and it doesn't take into fact that um, consideration the fact that the, in the rounds before that you could be shot at, and the glade guards with no armor have no chance to save. Right. So, um, if you expect to face kind of archers, I would consider taking the armor. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Um, if you're going against Skaven, for instance, I wouldn't take the armor. Um, but yeah, there is, I would take yeah. them with potentially go all in, make it a quarter of your army, and lose with a smile on your face, and give them banners, give them, give them champions, go all out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so next one, uh, next up, we have the Tree Man. Uh, he's coming at 280 points. Is his cost? Uh, you can include one for every thousand points in the army. So, of course, uh, two thousand points army. You could have two of them if you wanted. Yeah. Um, would you like? I to think the three man is a. It's pretty good. He's very expensive. I think, um, and uh, and he doesn't do a lot of damage. But uh, but as uh, for the war dances. Uh, he can also hold up uh, an enemy for quite a long time, and it's it's very difficult for for the enemy to get these uh, almost three hundred points of uh, worth from your army, um, and and that's a good reason to mm -hmm. hold a lot of points and have another blocker uh, that uh, is a is a lot tougher than the, the war dancers are. Um, so so. I usually uh, mm -hmm. include okay. one of these in my two thousand point army, um, but lately I have begun to to think that maybe it's too expensive to sink those points into it. But uh, but I I think I think it's it's a good unit to to include. 
but it, it won't uh, it won't earn its, its own worth uh, by bestering things. It will earn its uh, worth because it's difficult to to take these points away from. Yeah, yeah, you, you can save your points. Um, you can use it for map control. Um, you can deny table quarters. Um, but in general, I tend to be of the same mind, at least the one that you're, you're slowly working towards. Is I feel like the tree man, uh, it's a very cool unit, and I love to have the model. Uh, I'm looking forward to painting it as well. But uh, I don't think I will include it in a lot of my armies. I think um, I will get the same benefit that I get from this one with a unit of perhaps five or six war dancers in addition to the other one I already have, most likely. Yeah, so um, uh, what the, about you, Dave? the three wood elf army, basic wood elf army types, the gun line, shoot, stand back and shoot, uh, the hammer anvil, and the kind of skirmish avoid to contest corners and win by a slightest margin. This guy has a primo spot in the second one, in the, mm -hmm. in the hammer anvil. He's the best possible anvil. He doesn't run, doesn't move. Um, he's never going to kill 280 points of enemies, but he does exactly what he has to do, which is hold a unit in place. Now, is he better than the war dancers? I would ar actually argue yes, because um, war dancers are hard to hurt, but they're not impossible to hurt. And and some lucky shooting will, will have them running for the hills, right? Uh, that's not true for treatment. Uh, they're actually immune to strength three or lower attacks, which is the majority of attacks in Warhammer if you're not fighting against chaos or something. Um, so most things on the table will not actually be able to hurt it. I've also found that just big impressive models especially against less experienced players they tend to avoid them because they think that that's a really dangerous unit um so it has a psychological impact too you can have actually three of them in a 2000 point army mm -hmm. if you take a certain special character uh is that worth it i'll probably almost never i would say in a hammer anvil army you have to at least take one of them uh in a mixed army that tries between two or three of these different approaches he's a good buy in other armies i wouldn't take him but uh, you know i tend to have some hammer anvil uh strategy in my army so i i, I almost always take one treatment yeah i i use one of these and i use a, a unit of uh war dancers uh, as my uh, interceptors um basically i have a treatment a, a unit of uh, war dancers and a unit of uh of um, way watchers and uh, and some uh, some characters and uh, then the rest is archers. The, I mean, the advantage is there, just like the way watchers. You're basically banking mm -hmm. 280 points that you're almost not going to lose. You can easily avoid a cannon fire by just moving around the woods. He's got 12 inch march, um, but yeah, I mean, he can keep enemies from from getting close to your gun line, which is critical in the last few turns of the gun line army. Yeah. So I can definitely see this there. All right. So let's move on to the final unit in the regiments um, section. And this is the Dryads at 35 points per model. Um, I do have the uh, original Dryads, I believe, uh, at least the fifth edition ones, or the uh, fourth edition ones, sorry, um, which are great looking models. Um, I just haven't found a proper use for these yet. Um, they seem like the aspects could be pretty good, but that you need to get them in combat, and they're quite expensive infantry. 
So you can't really use it as your main unit either. Um, they are actually can be reasonably good. Uh, they they are they do as well as as much as well as they can for what you put into them. Uh, Oak aspect makes them very hard to to hurt. Uh, Willow aspect same same deal, uh, taking away enemy attacks. Um, and you can you can kind of modulate between these aspects or or go into the birch aspect if you have if you want uh, an extra killy round you want to just press home uh, combat points. So I actually find they're they're pretty solid unit. I wouldn't put them against every enemy. I wouldn't pit them against every enemy. I would think of them more uh, as like a weak anvil or a weak hammer. Uh, they're 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 pretty useful. I, I'm not going to rave about them, but I, I like I do like them. They do have a one less movement, um, but they are pretty tough for their their points um, with those uh, shape shifting abilities. Uh, they can hold up units with just one attack easily. Easily, um, they can get up to to strength five attacks and toughness five, so they can withstand a lot. Um, so I can actually see these as being uh, very good. Not in the the gun line build at all. They no use there. Um, yeah. But mm, yeah, may, maybe in a, in in some other build. I'm not sure. I'd, I'd, the problem is now that I think more more about it uh, is uh, wouldn't you rather use uh, the points that you use for these and more chariots if uh, you were to build an army that uh, should punch deal out a lot of punch. I think the answer, my, uh, more chariots is <laughs> always yeah. better. Well, my argument would be is in a pinch, if you're just find out you realize you're badly deployed or you're badly positioned, dryads can do the whole anvil thing. Chariots cannot, right? They have to be, they have to be the hammer. Um, so they're slightly flexible in that way, but I agree, like they're not going to do as much damage as the chariot. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is really insane. Uh, all our chariot army, uh, any faction that can can do that, uh, is is very very annoying to deal with, and it's it's very hard for a lot of factions to to actually, will, if they are not uh, completely counter building, they they will lose to it. So um, so I think it's a good house rule to uh, to avoid that, and uh, those uh, factions like this that can have them as regiments, it's it can be a very insane tactic. Um, but the uh, one that is particularly interesting is the Great Eagle, which is um, uh, quite an efficient uh, monster that doesn't have uh, bound monster rules. Um, it can fly, so it has a lot of utility, and it seems to fit perfectly into your your theme mm -hmm. uh, with uh, the actual uh, widows themselves. Um, no, but I think we should add to the to the Great Eagle. This is a castle. very very good unit. I always include this in any build of of uh, Wood Elves. Uh, at at least one, but mostly also two, and sometimes more, because they are so good at uh, march blocking and being annoying. They can uh, take out a, a war machine, um, and they yeah they are very hard to to catch. Of course, they are susceptible to uh, to range fire because they are large targets. But um, but they are ve they are very very good, and it's very nice to just uh, in the gun line to have uh, two of these to 
deny uh, marches from the very get-go almost. So let's move on to the characters. And as with uh, most the, oh, well, all the ill factions, you always have to start with the, the general at 160 points. Um, if you're playing a gun line, uh, would have, you, you can also make your general uh, a gun line unit. Uh, having what else having uh, some unique items that make them quite potent uh, with uh, range as well uh, this being either the bow of lauren which can be taken both by wood elves and high elves uh, or the uh, hail of doom arrow uh, which is a wood elves only item um, this is usually for a, a war dancer champion at least the way casper uh, and i play it um, and then you would probably get the bow of lauren this is something you can uh, combine with a potion of strength uh, for your general to make him uh, be able to kill a, uh, or deal a lot of damage to a monster or uh, potentially kill a, a chariot or something similar or just uh, nuking some uh, some chaos knights. Um, you have to take the wood off general. There are exceptions to special character list, of course. Yeah. Um, and he's not very good otherwise. Uh, I've taken him on um, a steed with a, a, a star lance or something like that and put him in, in my hopeful Glade Rider unit trying to get the most out of it. Um, but other than that, I can't think of many other ways to field him effectively. Okay. Trying to uh, to make a, a fighting uh, elf uh, general <laughs> is very expensive and very, very hard. Um, mm. Of course, with the... The build that I mentioned, which I haven't tried with the, the Glade Riders and the Banner of Defiance in the Chariot Army, there might be a different build for on for him on foot, probably. Um, but uh, what I go back and forth on is uh, if I put him on a steed or a Warhawk. The Warhawk has a lot more range, um, but if the enemy has uh, flyers, then uh, all of a sudden it's a liability uh, for him, because the Warhawk, uh, it's very hard to hide him in a forest because you cannot fly into the forest and it only has movement of two. So you have to fly close to the forest and then go those four inches yeah. that the Warhawk can march on its feet into the forest. Um, so uh, so th there, as if the enemy has the flyers, then as it's... A steed is a, a lot better because you can run into to your forest and make sure mm -hmm. that uh, he won't get uh, get taken out by a, a, a nuker on a Pegasus or something like that. That's the, the downside with the Warhawk because you cannot hide him very well. Then yeah, yeah. Um, then you have to 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 start uh, joining units and. Even there, they he can still be uh, taken out unless uh, you have the black gem bearer close to him. Um, but uh, the upside of the warhawk is a lot uh, more uh, mobility and uh, movement, and also being able to uh, to f to fly high and uh, do glancing strikes on the, the enemy. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, it does tend to be the best option for the general is at least the bow of law and push of strength. And this, of course, would mm. likely be with the uh, armor fortune to keep him a little bit cheaper. Um, I like the idea of getting him in a unit of uh, glade riders as well. I have worked, uh, played around with that a bit, uh, a bit myself. Um, but yeah, in, in general, it, it, it seems to be a range general, this one. 
Um, the next uh, on the list is the battle standard. Uh, as per usual, the downside of having a battle standard bearer is that he has a toughness of three and only one wound. And with a elf unit, he starts. Oh, elves, uh, they start out at 98 points. This is 98 points before you even give him any uh, gear and before you even give him a banner. So that's a lot of points to pump into a single model that is very squishy and easy to kill. Enemy has a fireball, they can kill him right away if you don't dispel it. Um, I, I don't think there's a banner that's potent enough with Wood Elves to make you want to risk this combination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so next up we have the heroes. Uh, 104 points. Um, now, uh, Wood Elves are the ones who can get the cheapest nukers, at least of the elf factions, mm. uh, because they can get the Warhawk instead of having to pay for a Pegasus to fly this uh, hero with the Heart of Woe. And uh, this could also be with a Potion of Strength, but this one you probably want the Potion of Strength for your general instead. <clears throat> um, I don't see any other uses four heroes in the uh, Wood Elf roster. Uh, it seems to be mo mainly focused on their regiments. Um, perhaps if I were to include Blade Riders and I wanted to make a really impactful uh, cavalry unit. The the nuker on a Warhawk, it's even better than, as you mentioned, uh, it's not only that mm -hmm. it's it's a cheaper flying mount, but it's also a mount with the one wound, mean, meaning that it cannot be targeted. So yes. the the character won't uh, fall down from the skies because of the mount is killed. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, in my later yeah. uh, Wood Elf builds, I always make a, a nuka hero with heart of O and a charm shield on a a warhawk and. I think uh, I haven't uh, I haven't used it uh, I haven't fielded it yet, but of course, as with any other faction that does that, it just performs so well and kills so many so much. Um, absolutely insane, and I think uh, I think uh, that's a very very worthwhile yeah. consideration to include. But uh, with that, let's move on to champions. Uh, we've already talked uh, extensively about the War Dance champion. Casper uh, and I have both mentioned we have a particular use for the War Dancer champion when we uh, include it, and that's for the Hail Doomero. Um, this one, the uh, as and as just as I just talked about, we don't use regular champions that much because a rank and file regiment is very um, unlikely with the generals that we feel the least. Uh, so we don't feel like need to have something to protect it. Of course, bearing a a black gem, but uh, also. Um... Also bearing a, a Sky Arrow of Nailer, which is a very, very good mm. item to also consider, especially for the Gunline version. Um, and you don't need uh, the Wardancer Champion for that because you will, uh -huh. you'll be shooting at, uh, at uh, most times at a large target uh, in the air where you also get an additional plus one. So the five ballistic skill is fine. Uh, Great way mm -hmm. to take out a greater demon of corn, by the way. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, that is a kind of a, the um, what's it in Game of Thrones where they shoot down Khaleesi's dragons uh, kind yeah. of si situation, right? Um, yes. and, 
of course you need to high roll to, to do that <laughs> yeah. because the, the mm -hmm. demon has yeah. four wounds but uh, but it's a it's a very cheap item and uh, it's a very strong item which uh, a lot of uh, people will have to to include charm shield to to bester so uh, i definitely see use for for holding that item as well yeah in 2000 point army, I will probably include uh, three level one mages with Dispel Scrolls, and that's it. Um, I don't want to go the the magic route. I'd rather use my character points uh, on uh, an ochre or just save points to have uh, more uh, more regiments instead. Um, because if if you want to go the the spellcasting way, then you also need to pay a lot of supporting items and have uh, banner sorcery and uh, other things uh, to actually become pretty good. And battle magic is so mm -hmm. bad, so I would never consider that. High magic is pretty good, but that's just a huge investment, and it doesn't really fit the playstyle of uh, the Wood Elf army, I think. Um, so I wouldn't ever uh, use anything else but level 1s. That would be fluff, I think. Yeah. Okay. Or if you're playing fifth edition and you use the actual the um, additional color lures, uh, they would have access to, according to the fourth edition rules, they'd have access to uh, amber and life. Um, I'll just give some comments, quick comments about that. I tend to find amber is uh, more useful generally. It's got a lot of things that are basically, you know, uh, like the. Uh, giant bolts, spears you throw, uh, ranged attacks, a lot of ranged attacks. Life spells are, some of them are good, some of them are eh, and, but they're all pretty conditional. Um, so I tend to field a couple mages um, and put them on Warhawks, give them amber spells and have them run around hunting. Just just kind of like a mini version of the, the general with the Bow of Lorne and Strength Potion. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm not so familiar with the um, the fourth edition uh, spells. Um, I know in the uh, it's the same thing. Yeah, uh, in the fifth edition of, of the colleges of magic, uh, at least we talked. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about the uh, the gray spells, how they might be useful, and I could see um, if I was going to make like a chariot army, um, uh, a force, uh, just a brute force uh, push army. I'd consider going with uh, a higher level mage and potentially getting some of those teleport spells from gray spells to send my chariot straight into combat if need be um but otherwise i would see the same use as a level mm -hmm. one on a steed with potentially a bow as well if i had the points to spare if you want to replace them with the mage lord and get high magic which is in my view one of the most powerful lures in the game um it might be worth the investment it's a big cost very fragile model, but you can actually get some use out of them, especially with an avoidance army, where he's uh, flying around and hiding behind woods. But you're not allowed to do that. You have to include the, the general, unless you're playing I, different house rules. You would need... I believe mage lords can be taken instead of general. That might have been a house rule. Yeah, I, that is a I house rule. It's only... A, a, there are a few armies that can do that, but, uh, but elf armies, they have to include a general. Oh, okay. So, I'm mistaken then. So you cannot replace him because, yeah. Otherwise, that would be, I would agree, that would be a better option for. Yeah. 
All right, and now on to the Wood Elves special characters. Uh, quite few interesting ones here, at least uh, law-wise, but we'll be looking at the statistics on the, of them as well and see whether they're worth it. So first up, we have Orion, King in the Woods. He is at 300 points. Um, I guess you buy his items in addition. So you send your Yeah. 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 It's one of those ways not included in the cost. And then of course you can get the pack of baying hounds at five points a hound. So he does have a ward save and mm-hmm. he is quite tough. I mean toughness five, five wounds and five attacks. With both high weapon skill and ballistic skill. He seems like um a decent hero. So, uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on Orion? Have you ever fielded the, the model? Um, so, uh, Orion is is kind of has some flaws to him, in my view. Uh, I wish uh, he were a little bit more maneuverable. Even a movement six would uh, would give him uh, a little bit better movement. Um, yeah. The he he's probably best used, I would imagine, to take out uh, another enemy big model like a dragon or something like that uh, you don't tend to see those often enough to, to necessarily warrant it um, mm-hmm. I think the thing to watch out for if you if you want to take Orion is the Bane Hounds uh, he can take a pack of Bane Hounds at five points a model um, and they're on the surface of it they're kind of worth five points a model I suppose but the problem with them is is that they open them up very easily to losing combat uh, because uh, enemies will just focus on the main hounds, slay all the hounds, and then force him to, have, you know, have less combat resolution. So uh, I would, if I took him, I would actually take him without the main hounds, without any main hounds. Um, but yeah, so uh, he's he, he's an option. He's probably not the best option uh, on the list for if you can put that much points on on the table in, in one model. No, no. No, he doesn't seem like he's potent enough to to earn back his keep of four hundred and fifty points. But um, he, he could be at the same time. I think he'd be really fun to play with. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can definitely see that, and I would love to try and play him sometime, especially if I find the model uh, cheap somewhere. I would definitely like to try and field him at some mm-hmm. point. But uh, yeah, is he a large target or not? Yeah, he is in a forty mil- millimeter base. Yeah, yeah, okay, so he's a large target. So the, I, it's a definition of large target in the book. It's only the monsters that actually have it listed, though, is my, my recollection. No, that it's, uh, oh, it's oh. everything uh, that's uh, ogre size and, and larger. So 40 millimeter base and uh, upwards is always la- large targets. Oh, okay, War machines counts as large targets as well, even though they don't have a base. Okay, I'm surprised to hear that, yeah. Okay. His, his major, main mm-hmm. downside is his only five inch movement. He really needs a lot more. Or at least, at least to position himself in a way that's going to be safe for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe he, he doesn't seem like a very good pick. What about you, Cass? What do you think of uh, Orion? Yeah, he has a very good stat line. Uh, and I think uh, with the five wounds and toughness five and a four plus ward save. He would uh, be in that uh, category as uh, probably unkillable by almost on most things. Um, mm-hmm. 
but he has uh, really bad items, I think. Uh, and that's uh, where I think uh, he becomes really, really bad. The spear is yeah. uh, is is just I don't see the point for it. It is it's a little use uh, useful uh, the range part of it, but it has a uh, only a, a range of uh, eight, eight inches, and uh, yeah. and it's not that great because it won't kill things that easily. It will just uh, harm a lot of things, and um, in close combat, the only thing that he does is a uh, negate normal armor save um and then it just five attacks it's not enough for the points that you sink into him and yeah. i agree yeah. on the points with the hounds being a, a liability as well um so he's just not good he's too expensive and uh, you can build a cheaper better general yeah it seems likely um, yeah, the the range of the spear is just uh, way too short. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. think that he's definitely not worth it. Even uh, but, even if I, yeah, it's a cool uh, cool model. No doubt about it. And the hounds are are cool as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah but uh, not very very viable. So let's move on to the next special character. Which is Ariel, which is the Mage Queen of Lauren at 366 points. Then you have to buy her items worth 125 points in total. Mm -hmm. So you're nearing the 500 point um, for this character. Yeah. Um, now, the good thing about Ariel is that she can fly, so she already has the 24 inch move from the get go, um, which is pretty good to have on a mage. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you guys think of uh, Ariel? Um, I mean, I think the acons of the Oak of Ages themselves make her quite a powerful pick. In, uh, I would say mostly for a um, uh, charging wood elf uh, setup, not a, uh, a, a gun line. Uh, you can use it for a gun line as well for protection, but I see her most finding potential in an uh, aggressive wood elf army. But an aggressive wood elf army will be uh, be chariots, I think. So they won't be able to yeah. to get through that wood. Uh, no, it'll be to lock. You would want to lock down something that's yeah. counter to your yeah. your chariots, so that you can uh, roam free with them. Uh, everywhere else, you you pay five hundred points for a level four wizard uh, that can fly and has uh, uh, the acorns. Uh, that's pretty. That's uh, pretty much what what you need. And I I yeah. think uh, yeah, the acorns are really good, and flying is very good, but it's not good enough to. Uh, <laughs> to be 500 points worth. Yeah, there, there is some reasoning to what you say. That is a quite expensive. So, so I have a different view. <laughs> yeah. um, in okay. my view, and, and, the, and also the conventional logic uh, of, of Wood Elf Tactical articles in the 90s um, was that Ariel's great if you can afford her. She's absolutely not for every game. Um, if you're playing like a 3,000 point game, 20, even 2,500 point game, she's she's 
uh, a pretty good deal. If you're going to be spending about 500 points for a level four mage that can do high magic and fly around and has ward saves and, alone, and spell saves alone, let alone the, the, the other stuff that comes with. Um, I've, I've said it previously, my opinion is that high, high magic is, is one of the most powerful uh, lures in the game. And uh, she she comes with it prepackaged. I actually don't see a huge reason to ever take a mage lord instead of Ariel. Is yeah. is my view of it. She's tougher. She's harder to kill. Okay. Uh, she is just more useful, uh, but not for every game and not for every uh, army layout. But I think she's one of the more powerful characters in the book. I don't really like her, and I don't think that the the wood elves, um, none of the their play styles are. Are very suited for including a big wizard. Uh, that's what I was about to um, ask Dave about because uh, Dave, uh, you say you've used it uh, quite a lot, Ariel. So, what are the the lineups that you use Ariel with? Is there sort of like a a, a tactic, um, a specific uh, strategy so, in mind when you use? Yeah. It? So, of the three classic uh, army types, I tend to actually not do the, the gun line of archers. I tend to do something between the hammer and bowl strategy and the avoidance strategy. I find that's just, it's it's probably just because it's more fun for me to play and, and less because it's necessarily more effective than the gun line. But in, the, yeah. in, that, in that type of army, I will use um, Ariel to basically uh, contest enemy magic, to uh, hammer home some of those uh, devastating high high mag high uh, sorry um, high magic lore spells. Um, I don't feel they're as the only mage. Yeah. I tend to have a couple of level ones uh, flying around. Uh, and again, I use fourth edition magic, so they're throwing amber spells around the table. Um, but she can get where she needs to go. She can uh, drop the Acorn of the Ages. She can hit enemy units and punish them. I play her like in a in avoidance strategy. I stay. I I use force to block line of sight to enemies. I don't want to charge me or engage me or shoot at me, and try to adjust Praderen right the play, right perfect place to have visuals on the targets I want her to mess with. That's how I use her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I would say there's only about three spells in the high magic roster that you'd be able to feel were useful. Maybe Hand of Glory as well, if you're going for the Hammer Anvil or the aggressive Wood Elf mm -hmm. build, um, which would be where you'd use Ariel. But besides that, um, I would start to consider... Uh, but but really, when, if, when you sink points into a, to a wizard uh, like this, you, all, you also mm -hmm. need to have a supporting items you need to have banner of sorcery you probably need to have uh, additional wizards uh, as well in order to actually get your yeah. spells through yeah. she won't get a spell she may she might get one spell through a game uh, on her own if uh, no, you bring yeah. no support at all yeah. but otherwise yes. uh, she probably won't um so uh, so you need to invest a lot into that and that all those points can be uh, nukers on uh, on on great eagles or other uh, mm -hmm. characters that can have uh, like uh, uh, all those uh, arrows, uh, the hail of doom arrow and sky arrow, and there's so many things that I, I that I won't uh, sacrifice for including her. So you really need to to be, play a lot of points, I think, before. I 
Yeah, that that's a good argument. It, she absolutely does need support, uh, magical support, among other things. Um, and that's why she's probably best, I would say, then for uh, an avoidance army because avoidance army basically tries to lose not a single model um, and win by squeak a squeak by with the smallest of margins. And in that sense, uh, nukers and wizards um, flying around casting spells or on you know in, in angles that they cannot be seen. Um, those are all sort of help you get that margin basically um so maybe that's the best place for her in, in an avoidance i mean not unnecessarily and probably not a gunline army although i could see a couple uses there as well yeah yeah all right the next special character is Nyeth the prophetess at 59 points well she's uh, fairly cheap uh she is only, of course only one wound but um if i weren't if I'm not including a a uh, spellcaster for a dispel scroll, I would consider this character in quite a few situations. Especially, um, you would need a mage, so you would need some kind. It seems like she's built for for two different uh, types of armies. I mean, the rod of divination seems to support a mage army, while the owl seems to support a mm -hmm. um, a gunline army. Well, I think that she's very, very good. Yeah, and I think she's she's yeah. for every kind of army. You can use her in any kind of setup. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're likely to have some ranged units. Yeah, in you any should probably uh, army. build your army so uh, you have a, a few two units in the middle of the map that are that are larger than uh, the normal archer units that you would field uh, to. Yeah, mm -hmm. of the owl. To maximize the uh, effect. Having a, an additional card is uh, is is so uh, so good for defending yourself against spells, um, and it's it's close to almost a, as good as uh, the the dispel scroll. So I would field her along with a uh, two or three level ones with dispel scrolls, um, and uh, um, I think she's yeah. so good. Yeah, I agree. I think she's she's excellent for the point cost. Um, I think she, I would actually argue that she works best with the gun line simply because as we talked about earlier, um, uh, you can get a one victory point archer unit with 18, I think it was 18 uh, archers in it. Uh, you can also trade forests for hills on the most common role on the terrain chart. Um, so an archer, uh, I think a gun line archer army is going to place fewer forests more hills, and you can have two hills with two big block Wood Elf Archer units just hammering uh, home with their bows every round. Uh, it, al it almost gives you like a third phantom unit being able to reroll misses. It's it's almost the, the equivalent of, not really, but like a, an extra half a unit. And it's for 15 points, and it's literally, yeah. it's a first level mage that can have two magic items. It doesn't call author the owl a magic item, but it, it that's yeah. that's a special ability added to the normal stat line of a mage. So it's you know she she's pretty she's pretty good. Um, she can't move around her a lot, right? She's not mounted on anything. Uh, so for an avoidance army, yeah. I would just hide her in the middle of a force where it's it's not worth going after her because you're going to uh, delay a unit for three or three turns just to go kill a uh, one victory point character. And then she'd be drawing on spells. Other than that, I, I can yeah. imagine. I, I think she, her best place is that gunline army. Um, 
Yeah, it does seem to be the uh, the best situation for her, but she does serve mm-hmm. a multi-purpose as well. Um, but but she is she's a great pick, um, and she's cheap, so she's you can fit mm-hmm. her in just about any army. It, it's a better better um, point cost than buying great... a, the same number of archers, I think, just because of that ability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely a good choice. Um, the next character on the list is Thalandor at 240 points. Uh, 4 plus armor save. Um, but the armor save is oh, applied it's, to his I, It's only applied well. to the eagle, right? I think it's only applied to the eagle. Yeah, he has the war paint himself. Oh, he has the, oh yeah, he has the war paint and the eagle has it's, it's the, a, uh, He's a weird the, character. <laughs> okay. His mount has a magic item. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so, a way that you can actually uh, have your general and, and a mage in one. Yes. But uh, then there's yeah. uh, the downside of yeah. all these bad items. And, and I guess if you play 5th edition, yes. he can only use uh, battle magic, which battle magic is not that good. Um, I Again, I play 4th edition magic. I love Valandor. I don't take him all the time, but he's excellent for an avoidance army. Uh, because he gives you a general that can fly behind force and cast spells and uh, do he's do his damage and he's not going to die. He's not going to be removed from the, the table if you play him correctly. So your point uh, about yeah, that he yeah. can use battle magic in fourth? Uh... No, in, in fourth he uses uh, amber or life. And I'd always give him amber and just use them to just uh, hammer units. Uh, fourth edition amber. I don't know about fifth edition magic again. I haven't even opened my magic box. You can do that in, um, in a, any any wizard that can, can use battle magic oh. can also pick the schools. Okay, well then I might give him bright magic then <laughs> in fifth edition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in fourth edition, I definitely give him amber magic, and he and I just use it to uh, harass units. He he goes around flanks where he can't be seen and just casts spells on people. Um, you can do something similar again with a general with a bow of Lorne, as we talked about, but uh, I'd rather do it with spells. Uh, he's more expensive, obviously, but again, he's not going to die if you're playing avoidance correctly. Um, so. Yeah, I, I quite like him. I, I don't like the Wood Elf General on on paper, so I like Thalandor instead. But the on thing board, the, yeah. the thing is that having your Wizard and General without a ward save is very da- dangerous in 5th edition. There are a lot of uh, spells uh, that will mm. kill him that has a lot of range and don't even need their line of sight uh, to mm. kill him. Um, so it's it's very dangerous, and also if uh, the opponent has anything that's uh, fast enough to catch him, um, that's also very very dangerous. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the items is a bit unfortunate. But besides that, it is a nice idea to have the general and, and wizard in the same. But let's move on to Lothlan the Brave, battle standard bearer. I guess the issue, I mean, um, I don't really see no. a purpose for a battle standard para and wood elves. Um, I mean, this is the one battle standard para uh, with the toughest of three who can't be sniped by spells. So yeah, I, yeah, I like yeah, taking yeah, battles with standard bearers with my hopeless uh, glade guard type army, but yeah, the wood elves do not need them and they do not need Lachlan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next on the list is Duthu, the tree man. At 360 points, he's the most expensive tree man. 
but you can also include him as a character so you can have uh, him and two other treemen mm -hmm. if you wanted in a 2000 point army he's pretty good i think if you aren't uh, using all your character points um and there's also the annoying army uh, that dave uh, talked <laughs> about with their three three men uh, where it's very <laughs> difficult to actually get the points from the army yes yes yeah um, so yeah. he's, he, I would say yeah. he's moderately better than a regular Treeman. Treeman do not need a better save. A Treeman is generally not going to go down in a game, in my experience, unless he's just hammered by cannonballs. Um, so the Woody Skin is kind of a flop for me. Uh, he does have an extra attack and extra strength that does help him win combats against small units. And in that sense, I would use him in a avoidance army. He hits units that he can uh, on a flank that he can route on the first turn, and then he uh, goes back into the woods to hide. Um, he, he's useful to get that extra. So I would say yeah. hammer anvil uh, army that's heavy on treatment or an avoidance army. He's he's feasible there too. Yeah. All right. Uh, next we have Scarlock. Uh, he's a, uh, a wood elf scout champion, and he has the hail of doom arrow. Now I don't uh, see why they've done it this way, and, and I guess it's more for. Yes. Um, uh, thematic uh, effect than it is for actual viability because this hero is just worse yeah. than the uh, yeah you really skin. want that uh, ballistic With skill the six item. and the, the hail of doom arrow it makes a huge difference um so mm -hmm. yeah I, I he so he's a scout champion so he can deploy as scouts I can see that use of you know putting them right close to the enemy unit that you want to just hammer um and then that scout unit just kind of on behind enemy lines the rest of the game um but yeah, that's yeah. true that's true it's easier to get the the hill of doom arrow yeah. close but it becomes yeah. a little or bit if you want to get behind the unit to use it against something's hiding lurking in the back like a wizard or something i don't know i mean it's it's the scout only allows you to get into uh half range for, uh, with guarantee but I mean, in, in most of the cases, when you're going to be using it, you're going to be using it on something that's dropped mm -hmm. into your lines that you want removed so it doesn't disrupt you. Um, so I think in most cases, you would, yeah. even yeah. with a War Dancer champion, be within range. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't... No, I agree. Uh, I, I'd probably never yeah. use this character. But um, let's move on to Witchworthle, I think it's pronounced... <laughs> The Wild, uh, War Dance Champion, 75 points. Without the magic item, I think he's pretty good. Um, he's decent. If you're going to include a champion, then you could choose his magic item. But other than that, it, I think his magic item kind of disqualifies him, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. And the the, yeah. the normal Doom Arrow Dancer is a, a lot better option. Yeah, because what he's oh, he's fifteen points more than a normal champion, and for that he gets a one point better dodge save and a special ability, which is okay. I mean, I would pay fifteen points for that if I were going to take a champion. Um, I suppose if I expected an enemy with a large night goblins, yeah. <laughs> if we were suddenly starting to play edition. Oh yeah, this, this would be a great character for eighth edition Warhammer, I think. <laughs> it's like okay, I'll, uh, all of a sudden this uh, one wound character has ten attacks. Thank you very much. 
Um, but yeah, uh, it's rather which uh, a, a war dancing yeah. champion with the hail of doom air. I think that's the definitely the better choice. Um, if you, if I guess you could. The, pro- the problem is with them is that war dancers are not really meant to kill enemy models, uh, right? They're they're really best to just absorb a charge and, and hold them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This would be a uh, at least this is like a small attempt yeah. in the direction of making a character that mm-hmm. could do that to make a more aggressive war dancer unit uh, because he also gives them the d6 inches to the charge, but in in fifth and fourth edition, most units have a front rank of four or five. Mm. So it is a few more attacks, but it's not amazing. Mm. Uh, especially not with his stat line. Um, so let's move on to the next character. And this is Skiolan um, at 106 points. A very poorly so, designed character, I think, because yeah. they, they are trying to do both things with him, yeah. both uh, make yeah. him, him a character that you'd want to keep away and also make him a character that you want to be defended when he's in cl- close combat. Yeah, agreed. I think he's a fun, fluffy character, but um, he's yeah. N- yeah. not an effective character. Um, but the uh, next character, and this is... Uh, oh, this uh, not the last one, but this is the last one before we get to the Beastmasters. So the, the next one is the Dryad Draika at 60 points. Um, mm-hmm. It's a champion of uh, Dryads. It's the, she has that song where she can make someone with uh, nearest enemy within 12 inches. Yeah, it is a net spell. It's a, no, it's, it's, in magic it's, a, it's in the magic phase, but it's not a spell, you know. So it's yeah. it's a minor thing. It's 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 nice. It's fine. Um, but what I really uh, want to highlight here is uh, the stat line. I think uh, the additional yeah. stats are pretty pretty good to make uh, the dryads uh, better. Um, but as uh, as I said, I don't think uh, yeah. the points worth is uh, worth it sinking it into a dryad unit. When you can have uh, more archers or more uh, chariots instead, uh, I uh, one yeah. thing I, I, I read today mm-hmm. um, in an yeah. FAQ for Warhammer uh, Fantasy Fifth Edition is that it's a it's an error. It's wrong that the dryads are immune to psychology. They're not, which is very, very strange and makes them a lot worse. Um, yeah. So um, I tend to agree. So the Dryads are already an expensive unit on their own. I think they are a, I would say they're a pretty well balanced unit, uh, which means they're not worth fantastically more or less than what their point cost is in my view. Um, I mean, we tend to we tend to value everything according to units that are not that are clearly underpriced like Croxagor and things like that. Um, but I, I think they're they're good pit price for 35 points. An extra 25 points just to get basically one more attack and one more weapon skill and the dirge. Um, uh, I don't know. I, the, it's already a, a, an expensive unit with something like you six or eight dryads. Strength. And uh, extra strength. Sorry, yes, yeah. And with the with that uh, yeah. shape shifting ability that gives plus one strength and plus one toughness, he has three attacks with strength six. Strength six, yeah. 
So it's a, it's yeah, quite it's nice, cool. I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, so definitely, if you're going to be fielding uh, dryads, yeah. this no, character is worth considering, I would say. Uh, thanks to everyone for, for tuning in. Um, yep. And I believe this is also the last of our army books we've gone through. And so we just want to thank you all for tuning in. And yep. I want to give a thanks to Dave and Casper uh, for joining me today. Bye-bye. <laughs>